today, uh, what I say is every church needs a cause because uh, this next generation and beyond, uh, one of the biggest things in a faith profile is they're looking for significance. Uh, they're not looking to put their butts in seats and just sit and soak for an hour every week and call that the day. They, they want to have meaningful experiences that put their faith into action. And so um, I say every church need a, needs a cause. What are you representing in terms of your, your community? Um, what impact are you doing? Um, that's the first place that we should start to talk about. Hey, digital communicators, Johnny Flash here. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast, where we help church leaders like you amplify your impact and reach your community. Hey, thanks for joining the conversation. The voice that you just heard is our guest this episode. He is Kenny Jang. Kenny has many years of experience working at two different large growing churches, and uh, he hosts his own podcast, and so he just has a wealth of information. We really cover a lot in a short amount of time. We talk about reaching millennials, about reaching your community, and we also talk about how to have a conversation on social media. Now, in case you didn't know, you can watch a video version of this show on our website at amplifiedimpact.org. Encourage you to go check that out, leave a comment while you're there, and, You can also get the show notes and the links to everything that we talk about uh, on this episode there on the website as well. Now also coming up on the Amplified Impact, we have interviews with Stephen Brewster talking about how to lead creatives. He's got some incredible insights and a lot of experience in that area. And then we've also got an episode coming up with Chris Abbott about Facebook ads and how to utilize those for your church. That'll be coming out shortly and you can use some of that information to uh, integrate with your Easter marketing plan. I think you're going to find really helpful. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go over to iTunes, make sure you're subscribed, and then that way you'll get those episodes automatically delivered to your device. One other thing I wanted to let you know about is we're about to open uh, the doors for our next online training event. So if you're not already on our email list, go to amplifiedimpact.org and get on the waiting list so you can be one of the first to be notified when we open the doors. Uh, There's limited space and our last one sold out, so you don't wanna miss this. Well, let's get right to it. I think you're really gonna enjoy uh, my time picking Kenny Jane's brain. And uh, here's my conversation with Kenny. Hey, Kenny, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's great to have you. Awesome to be here. Hey, Kenny. So um, for those of us, uh, for, for those of the listeners that don't know who you are, why don't you give an overview of kind of uh, what you've done and, and what you're up to? Sure. Um, I have an entrepreneurial and communications background in my DNA, I guess. Um, grew up in an ad agency, PR, brand management. I was in the marketplace basically doing multiple disciplines of communications. Um, got my MBA and then went back for my Master's of Divinity and then started working in the church. So Redeemer Presbyterian Church, Liquid Church was my latest stomping grounds for the last five and a half years where um, I served as the media and innovation pastor as well as the pastor of the church online campus where we had about 2,500 people gather weekly 
Um, and all the while, uh, consulting, helping nonprofits, cause-driven, and ministering churches with upping their games with communications. This is great. This is great because I think this speaks to our audience. So what, what have you seen working for churches you know, over the last couple of years? What have you seen really um, where there's been success? Yeah, I think um, you know, being a consultant is um, you, you get the opportunity to see things from third-party perspective, uh, but also having the practitioner hat, um, just the, the real tension and struggle of what's on the plate of a communications director or a solo pastor, right? Over 50% of churches are less than 100 people now, and so solo pastor is the norm. Maybe you might have an assistant pastor or um, a volunteer, but um, what I think is working are the churches that have a posture that understand that they're no longer talking to only the people in the building, that they need to be external facing. They can't be internal facing anymore. You got to break up that holy huddle. Hmm. Hmm. So, so how do you, what, what are your tips for, I mean, how, how does a pastor do that? You know, whether they're the single pastor or whether they've got, you know, some staff, how do they think beyond just the, the Sunday morning sermon, you know, the 30 minutes that they're up in front of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, so you will actually go into a church and ask the elders or the, the leadership and say, what's your mission statement, right? What's your vision statement? And, and undoubtedly, uh, great commandment is there. You want need to be evangelistic. You need to be outreach focused. And then you look at the programs that they're actually running on a weekly basis and, Almost zero of them are really external focused. And so my question is, are you building those relationships with community members? So do you know the mayor? Do you know the principals of your schools? Do you know the council people? Do you know the leaders of other nonprofits serving the same community that you're trying to? I would say nine out of 10, maybe nine and a half out of 10 I, pastors, no. They don't have any relationships outside of that building, which is shocking if you think about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I run into this a lot too. I'm in a similar situation where I'm working with a lot of different churches, um, having been in ministry for a long time. And I, you know, I think that is a common thing where it's like there's this desire to um, reach the community. I know one church I was talking to just last week, you know, they're right next to a huge university. I mean, literally like less than a mile. I mean, very close. And yet there's not a huge college presence, you know, either of their church on the campus or those students in their church. And so, you know, how do you think um, kind of digging in a little deeper here? How do you think when it comes to the young, the next generation, the millennials, the the young adults, you know, what do you what do you think? Um, how do you think that they can be reached? Yeah, I think today uh, what I say is every church needs a cause. Because uh, this next generation and beyond, uh, one of the biggest things in a faith profile is they're looking for significance. Uh, they're not looking to put their butts in seats and just sit and soak for an hour every week and call that the day. They, they want to have meaningful experiences that put their faith into action. And so um, I say every church need a, needs a cause. What are you representing in terms of your, your community? Um, what impact are you doing? Um, that's the first place that we should start to talk about. Yeah, and I've seen some churches where they'll, they'll be involved with the fire department and they'll be like making meals for them, you know, the volunteer fire department, or they'll be doing different things in schools with ESL or other things like that. What are some of the things that you've seen in terms of 
causes that churches have had that um, people have been able to rally around? Yeah, you can do big or small. Even the very simplest practical things. Again, to be very practical, most of the people listening are probably going to be in ministries that are 100 or less, right? Just statistically. Um, I've got a church planter friend in Sarasota, Florida, Hope City Church, SRQ. Um, as they're launching, they've got a really skeleton crew. It's a church plant. So what do they do? They contact the school principals, ask them what they need. There's a couple of projects that they get to engage in. And one of the things they had in conversations, the teachers don't feel that appreciated. Well, what they did is simple. A granola bar station for their teachers one day. They showed up, got went to Target or Walmart and got, I think it was literally like 20 different granola snack items. All, all not free because it's elementary school. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, It's hard to do that these days, right? And so they just set up a, a station with uh, scoopers and um, bags and uh, set it for teachers. The feedback that they got from that one little act of generosity with asking nothing in return, they're not asking to evangelize, they're not asking to give up pamphlets or anything, just appreciate what the this, this, this students get from the teachers. Um, that is an amazing step toward building those relationships and community. So starting there, starting small, starting local is what I say you should really start to do. Hmm. And you've seen that um, young people are, are excited about that kind of involvement, right? Yeah, again, it's relational and it's meaningful. And so I think people, when you can see the act of transformation happen in the relationships and see the returns on a very immediate basis, those are the, some of the things that the millennials really want to get involved in. Now, you can go bigger, get involved. And I say partner with other nonprofits in your area that are already doing the work. Stop reinventing the wheel. There's this arrogance that, that says we need to have our own program. And I say, no, make friends. Make it easy. Be the slacker. Be the people that actually just brings the volunteers that shows up that willing to do the work and let someone else do all the planning. But that's the first step to get noticed and to get engaged in relationships with the people in your community that you want coming through. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a pastor listening right now that, you know, maybe a smaller church. They, they've started to connect with a few people in the community. They've got a couple of these types of causes. Maybe they haven't promoted them that well, but they've got people doing some stuff in the community. What do they do next in terms of online engagement, online strategy? You know, the technology can be kind of intimidating. Um, what's the, where do they start? What do they need to focus on? How do they have those conversations online? Yeah, I think the first thing is recognition. So there's two things that you want to do with volunteers and community members. It's appreciation and recognition. Appreciation can be private. It can be thank you notes. You need to do that. Communicate to them to understand that what they're doing is critical and needed. Um, the other one is recognition. And social media is the perfect place to do that. So whether it be simply taking a photo, kind of like, I don't know if you've seen that Project Humans of New York, where the guy, a photographer, just goes around taking a snapshot and telling a little bit of a story of what he's done, met in that stranger, to actually doing video interviews just like this, or actually um, doing a, a, a simple iPhone video of highlighting a volunteer, highlighting someone in the community, doing things like that um, is perfect for social media. And when you are the person facilitating that discussion, you become the authority and the trusted resource in the community. Hmm. So, and you're saying, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, a mix of highlighting your volunteers, your own people, the own stuff that's happening in your church and external stuff that really isn't necessarily related to your church. Is that what you're no, saying? No, related to the mission and cause and the people you're trying to serve. So it, it does, don't be selfish. Give props to the people in your community that are doing good work. 
make relationships. Those are the things that people are going to notice because when you give props to the person who's heading Habitat for Humanity for the unsung hero in your town, the people in that community, they've already earned the trust of the tribe, they're the people that they're gathering, then you're picking backing off of that investment in their community to become known and people get interested in what you're doing as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think churches, not all churches, obviously, but I think there there is sort of this hang up sometimes in churches where it feels like it has to be something that we're doing that we have our name on that you know that we're we have people involved with in order to like make it a story like what you're saying you know and I think more and more the walls are coming down you know the credit is being diffused. Um, and so there is this um, opportunity that we have that we haven't really had, you know, a decade or two ago to 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 get the word out in ways that um, can really, um, you know, sing the unsung heroes like you're saying. Yeah, I think we need to flip the model, right? The old model that our parents, our grandparents and beyond knew is the ABC model of church, right? It's all about being attractional, bring everyone into the building and then asking them for cashola, right? ABC. It, and if it didn't happen in the church building, it doesn't happen. You need to break that and flip it on its head because right now people, especially the millennials, do not want that. They don't want a siloed approach. They want to see you as a part of their life. They're not afraid of bringing faith into the other corners, other public spheres of their life, as long as you do it authentically and relationally. That's my that's my take on it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a lot less compartmentalized, right, than it, than it used to be. So um, kind of, so just to kind of, where do you see stuff heading in terms of, you know, kind of just continuing this, where do you see stuff heading with social media and online and that, and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Social media is bringing people together. Now, one of the big problems is that churches in particular um, is, are using social in the wrong way, right? So we say, stop putting, stop using social media as a megaphone, put it down and think of it as a telephone, as a conversation piece. Stop using it as just uh, lazily thinking that you can broadcast to people and talk about me, 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 me. Um, that's not the way to do it. Look at uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. It, his metaphor is all about give, give, give before you earn the right to ask for something. And so I think that's where things are going. We need to be in a place that we feel we are comfortable with who we are as a community. We're confident that we have something that is attractional by, by at, at, at its core on its own that we are not afraid to be generous, invite other participants into our story and us being a part of others. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think you're right. You're hitting, you're hitting a nail on the head. I think this is a huge issue in that, uh, you know, a lot of churches that are just getting onto social media, it feels like, oh, now I can finally tell everyone about all the stuff that we're Correct. doing, you know, and it's all about us. And, and I think you're right. You have to earn that permission. Um, what are some other things that you're seeing but beyond just kind of the storytelling in the community and, and the unsung heroes? What are some other ways that they can um, start that conversation? Yeah, I think it's collaboration and conversation are the keys to the kingdom. That's the real thing that people need to understand today. Social has flipped the world around. It's conversation and collaboration are the keys to the kingdom. And that means collaboration with other churches down the street. There's There have been two meetings in particular this past year and a half that I've been to that have brought church leaders uh, together in a specific uh, county or a specific state. And you'd be surprised at how few people know each other. In a specific county, pastors should know each other. They should be working with each other. And the fact that they don't, it's a quite an embarrassment. So collaborating with the church down the street, 
literally on your own block, perhaps. If you if you don't know them, um, you need to start today. Hmm. This is good. This is good, Kenny. Well, before we get into the Amplified Impact Round, I've just got to ask you, this is more of a personal question because I just, I, I love how you're able to put out so much stuff on your blog and on your podcast. And it just like, it seems like almost every day or every other day, there's like a new thing out there. And so well, what's your secret to, because I mean, churches are in the same thing, right? I'm asking for myself, but yeah. churches are in the same thing where it's like, well, how do I make all these videos? I don't have a video person. How do I get all this content out? Like what's, what have you found to allow you to personally put out so much content? Yeah, I think it's a bias for action. Um, one of the biggest beefs I have with our industry, church communicators, is that um, we're in Facebook groups together uh, that are just talking with other communicators. And there's so many lurkers, right? There are people who are on social media and not using social media for its purpose. Um, they're being very quite selfish, actually, uh, because they're not contributing to the conversation. And so I think just having a bias for action of, hey, look, one of the exercises I do with coaching clients is get on Facebook. Every single time you get on, try to like 10 things every single time. So if you're going to log on once, then like 10 things. If you're going to look at Facebook 10 times a day, I want to see 100 likes. It is hard for you to give a like to somebody. It is really hard. It's, just, it's the same thing as if you're walking down the halls or this next 24 hours. Say hello to every single stranger person that you walk across for the next 24 hours. It is extremely hard. It's hard for us to be social. And so I think that's one of the things that you really need to do. It's a bias for action. And just jumping in there and giving some um, interaction. So that's the first thing. So that's in terms of the blog, that's where I get a lot of inspiration. You see posts and comments and questions. Um, answer them. If you have the fortunate, uh, if you have the fortunate experience of having some experience in those areas, share it, codify it, um, and just and just put it out there. So that that comes to the second one is version one is better than version none. Version one is better than the version none. You can always go back and edit. You can always go back and delete. You can always go back and not use it at all. Get off of that fear. We used to be in this publishing paradigm that right book publishing is once you publish it, it's done forever and that you're held to it so that any typos, any spellings, any position statements you're stuck to. Today, you can go back and edit or delete. And getting over that fear, I think, is a huge, huge milestone to becoming a content engine. And today, every one of us, whether it be individuals, whether it be organizations, whether it be churches, need to really start to think of ourselves, I think, as a media company and not as an entity or individual. Hmm. Well, and I think there's something attractive about the unpolished, right? There's something attractive about it not being totally perfect, about it not having, you know, it's it kind of that people, I think, long, it's gotten so polished so much, right, that people kind of long for that authenticity and that kind of little bit of unfinished, you know,ness. Absolutely. When I was uh, pastoring church online, one of the things is if you come to one of our six campuses in New Jersey for Liquid Church, everything needs to be polished. The experience needs to be of excellence. It needs to represent excellence. You don't want to have big technical gaps. You don't want to have big pauses in the programming, etc. But when you're on church online and there's a screen between me and you, what's missing is the humanity of it. And so, um, in particular, when I was on camera hosting with a co-host, etc., we want those blunders to happen. So we had a rule of one take only. Don't recut it. Don't make it perfect. If you flub, just recover and keep on going on. And to the point where 
I'll try to make my co-host flub on purpose and make fun of them <laughs> at their expense, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, that brings the humanity across. People trust you more. People have more affinity for you because you're not that perfect storybook character that, that you see um, and it's too glossy, right? People are allergic to the all-gloss social media profiles that we see today because uh, we realize that inside of us, we're broken as well. Hmm, hmm. Mm, that's good. That's good. I think you're. I think you're right. All right. So let's jump in here. I'm going to just kind of rattle off a few uh, questions here for some rapid fire. Um, this is called Amplified Impact Round, and so just kind of stuff that I think a lot of church people are asking, and kind of you're you're off the cuff, and if you flub, it's okay, right? <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, uh, what's the first thing that any new church communicator director needs to know on the job? Um, I think they need to know their people. They need to know why. They need to fall in love with the people they work with and the organization, the organism that they represent. So relationships trump everything. So I think that's the first thing, getting to know everyone in all the corners of the building. And that includes not just staff, but maybe the janitorial staff. Maybe it's the mailman, people in your building physically, everyone that goes around it. That's, that's the first place to start because from there, you can start to tell stories for the people that you're trying to reach. Hmm. Hmm. What's the best thing you've done to attract new visitors to church? Ah, new visitors. I think it's partnering outside and it's actually um, using social media in a way that's generous. So we have social media that has brand equity that we've built something up for ourselves, being generous and allowing other people to have access to that audience, have access to the content um, both ways, whether you're a guest posting or being a guest on someone else's podcast. Being generous in content is the most effective way that I've had in having reach and impact and building new relationships with other people. Hmm. What's the what's the most important aspect of a church communication strategy? Um, intent, and I think you need to have an intent. So, um, going through a framework um, of, and when I say smart people, um, the smartest people are all backwards. So they look at their end goal. And then they work backwards to back into it to see what they need to start with in order to end up with the, the final objective. You need, you definitely need strategy. Otherwise, you're just opportunistic and you'll be lost um, on a daily basis. Yeah, that's good. What uh, for someone, a pastor that's putting together a sermon series? They're about to launch their new series two weeks from now, a few weeks out. You know, what what can they do to promote that well and get people excited about it? Yeah, I think it's it's sharing the initial thoughts. It's sharing things such as why you pick that topic, why you think that topic is of relevant uh, relevance to the audience that he's going to preach it to, um, why that pastor, why she, um, all the things that she's discovering the, about herself, things that are um, ruminating in her head as she's been marinating on that topic. Share that experience. Don't just show up Sunday and say, ta-da, here's the final product. Show the journey. People want to see that and they'll show up for the final act. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. That's really good. What's your favorite tool for ministry? Uh, right now, I think it's uh, Facebook. I think Facebook for ministry is the one of the biggest things because they're doing so many things. There's um, the status updates and publishing from a page perspective. There's the group interaction, which you can even become closed or even private and secret. So you can have secret groups where 
um, people can have the safety of a conversation that doesn't need to be exposed. Uh, Facebook Live is definitely something that is changing the game. And the fact that you can do it in events and on pages itself is, is definitely something that we're going to see more and more of for ministry. Uh, but there's so many things that you can do. And the number one reason underlying it all is that you're, you have the largest reach with this network than over any other network out there right now. Yeah, everybody's on it. Uh, okay, last question here. Actually, maybe two more. Um, any ideas for empowering church members to invite their friends? Yeah, I think it's creating an event. So I have this framework called TED. TED is your friend in awareness and PR. T is to frame things in terms of a trend. E is for event and D is data. And the second one, that E in event, create an event out of something, create a big day, create an excuse so that people have an, an excuse to talk about it, a conversation device that they can bring their friends and family to church. So whether it be a guest speaker, whether it be a different format of, of uh, liturgy on a Sunday, whether it be a different location, um, figure out somehow to define it as a one-time event and then give people an excuse and a heads up so that they can bring people to church through their conversations and relationships. Hmm. Why do, uh, who do you recommend that I interview next on the podcast and why? Ah, so many different people. Um, yeah, this space is uh, vibrant and I think that we're all learning from each other. I think, uh, one of the guys I love, my buddy is Rich Birch uh, up in Canada. He runs Unseminary. I love it because uh, from a very similar uh, practical point of view, he his tagline is everything you wished they learned that they ta taught in seminary. Um, he's hyper practical in his stuff. It's not the fluffy 10,000 feet uh, view stuff. So Rich Birch would be one of my top candidates right now. Okay, great. Hey, uh, Kenny, this has been great. How can people connect with you um, online or what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Yeah, some predict the early demise of Twitter, but that's still my favorite uh, network. Every social network has a different purpose. Twitter is really geared toward uh, easy access, democratizing access to people and, and relationship development. So you can hit me up on Twitter at Kenny Jang or check out my blog and uh, website, KennyJang.com. J-A-H-N-G.com. There you right? go. Okay. There you go. Got Good. it. I'm, I'm a quick learner. Hey, uh, Kenny, thanks so much. This has been This has been so much fun and really practical, I think, for our audience. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate the time together. And I love what you're doing for the kingdom, Johnny.